0: Welcome to the Association 4.0 podcast, your association's no-fluff playbook to navigating and thriving in Industry 4.0 or the digital marketplace. Each week, we bring expert insights to help you and your association stay ahead of the curve.
1: Hello, this is Jane Pearson, and I am talking today with Amy Williams. We are both consultants um, with marketing at .org source. Hi Amy. Hi. How are you today?
0: I'm doing well. Thanks for uh, hopping on the call and talking about AI.
1: Yes, um, I'm freaked out about AI, and I'm dying to talk to you about <laughs> marketing <laughs> um, with AI. Um, so, you know, off the top to get started, you know, what do you think are the the top things marketers should be looking at right now with AI and using it to? make their work more effective and efficient?
0: Yeah. So, um, I think it's a bit of a double-edged sword to be honest with you. Um, I think it has application, but I think anybody who's using it should be trotting lightly. Um, so we need to keep in mind that AI is intended to be, um, it's a language model, not a knowledge model. And so, I think we need to keep in mind that as we're using it, so let's just say, for example, you want to use AI to write a blog post, right? And it's, it's iterative. So it's building, it can build on what you tell it to do, which is really cool, but it's also um, can be a little bit dangerous. So let me explain what I mean by that. So let's say you want to write a blog post and it, it spits one out for you and you're like, okay, now I need some citations to validate what you have just presented. Um, you can't always trust the citations or the information that is presented um, through the AI platform. So, you know, while yes, it can be a shortcut to getting you um, an article or content or what have you, you really still need to do your due diligence to validate the information that it's presenting to make sure it's accurate. And I think that's where some marketers will get in trouble, is they won't take that next step to validate the information that the AI presents.
1: Yeah. If somebody just Googles a phrase from your blog post, they might find somebody else's blog post that has that exact same language. Right.
0: Well, and I think the other thing, so I've, I've played around with it a little bit and it's very formulaic in how it writes. So um, I can kind of tell when I'm reading um, posts, if it was AI generated or, you know, something that a human wrote. Um, or at least I could when it first came out, right? This is a uh, a technology that is growing and learning at such a rapid pace. It's astonishing.
1: You know, on on that topic of uh, you know citations and, and that sort of thing, I think about intellectual property. Um, you know, if you're doing marketing research, if you put you can put a lot of information in there, but if you put in proprietary information, that becomes the property of the internet. Um, Right. That can be used elsewhere. And thus it makes it kind of a risk, right. For marketers, it's a shortcut, but it's also a risk.
0: Yeah. And that's where I think the human element, right. We've, we've got to be mindful on how we're using it and um, really questioning what it presents, at least until, um, you know, we understand it better. Um, you know, you look at how people are abusing it and that is where I think for me, the red flags start to come up. Um, you know, just before you and I hopped on this, we talked a little bit about the dangers of it. And I think people need to be aware of how AI is being abused, um, so that they can at least put some safeguards up, um, You know, it's certainly disrupting jobs. So let's talk about the disruption in the market first. I was reading an article where they talked about um, AI has the potential to eliminate 300 million jobs worldwide. And we're talking about jobs like customer service, graphic designers, traders, financial jobs, teachers, market research analysts, paralegals, legal assistants in our world, in the media world. advertising, content creation, journalism, technical writing, but also in the tech space where coders, programmers, data analysts, software engineers, um, that's a whole lot of jobs. Um, So just being mindful of, you know, the importance of um, sort of monitoring this kind of technology and embracing it, right? We don't, we don't need to sit there and say, whoa, 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 there's no space for this in marketing. Um, I definitely think that it can be used, but I think it needs to be used in a mindful way, right? So we can, if we're, for example, if we're running short on blog ideas, right, you can go to the the AI tool and say, give me an editorial calendar for next month and um, you know, give me an outline of what those blog posts should talk about. And it can spit that out. Um, and I think in ways like that, it can be beneficial. Um, where I think people need to be careful is in understanding and keeping an eye on how it's being abused. So we're seeing it in art, music, schools, right. Kids are using it to write essays and and on papers. Um, I mentioned to you there was a fake kidnapping story in the news um I've seen it used uh, to create music with um some some big name artists where people can lift their their voice and use it to generate a song and some artists are already talking about hey they'd be happy to split you know royalties 50-50 with somebody who does that and there there are others who disagree But it's just it's really fascinating to see how much has changed in such a short time from when this first became public to where we're at now. Um, And even I mentioned to you that there was an article, I believe it was on CNN, that cited the, the godfather of AI just quit Google because he says he regrets his life work because it's hard to stop bad actors from using it for bad things so if if Jeffrey Hinton the the tech pioneer who um, you know was sort of the the powerhouse behind AI is saying hey there are dangers here then we need to listen
1: absolutely um thinking about associations though you know that we mostly work with where you know a lot a lot of our customers have marketing departments where everybody's wearing all the hats yeah. Um, and, yeah. you know, I was thinking when I first first started thinking about its ramifications for marketing, I was thinking about my first marketing job, which was um, marketing events. Um, mm-hmm. Part of it was in person. I was going to street fairs and marketing, the little web company I worked for. But a lot of marketing events is formulaic, right? Like you, yep. you have the early, you save the date, then you have the early bird pricing, then you have the keynote announcement and, you know. And all of that can be generated by AI, um, which at first I was like, well, what would I have done? What would, what, what would I have done for my first job?" But at the same time, I was kind of like, "Well, you know, imagine having time to think. You know imagine having yeah. time, time to brainstorm and be strategic. And you know, maybe when I was 25 years old, I wasn't very strategic, but I do think that it's an opportunity. In a lot of ways for marketing departments to become smarter in, in the association land where you're you don't have a copywriter, you write the copy. You yeah. don't have a, a campaign planner, you do that, you don't have a media buyer, you do that too. You know, so it, it is um it's interesting to me to think how it might free up, you know, people at the sort of entry level or you know, two yeah. to five year career to be able to participate more. And with the younger generations, that's all they want to do. They want to participate more in the thinking part of the job they don't they don't you know the, the millennials kind of became famous for always wanting to have a seat at the table and having their voice heard and the you know the grown-ups in the room were like no we just need you to generate stuff we don't need. we don't really want to talk to you that much we, we just want you to do stuff because we don't want to have to do the stuff and because we did the stuff already so um I do think that that's kind of an interesting thing about how, how we deploy that to make marketing staffs more effective.
0: Yeah. I think small organizations, especially are going to see the benefits of it because you're absolutely right. It's, it's churn and burn. It's, you know, you've, we used to joke around that there was no lull anymore, right? You you would, you would be planning for your annual meeting and then you'd have this, this, you know, month or two lull afterwards that's gone. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, everybody just feels like there's so much uh, more that they need to be doing. And, you know, back in the day, we used to be marketing. Now you've got marketing and content creation, content strategy, and trying to figure out how to leverage all the stuff that your association is creating and developing. And um, I think it will definitely allow staff to work smarter, not harder. Um, I think there are ways that staff could be using these tools. I mean, you mentioned the annual meeting. Imagine having a bot on the website that the the chat functionality that can intelligently answer the questions that your members type in, you know, which convention is it going to be at? Well, you know, what, um, what time is this particular session or what time is so-and-so speaking? And it just kicks out the answer. So, so your site visitors aren't spending time trying to get through your site, you know, there are ways, you know, content um, content teams can be using it, uh, as we talked about earlier. Um, it's just going to be a matter of um, setting some guidelines in terms of, you know, who's going to be responsible for validating the accuracy of the content um, and uh, giving staff the time they need to be strategic. I love that. I think that's fantastic. Um, I think we, we could all use a little more time in our day and if we can use technology to create that bandwidth, I think it's going to be really beneficial.
1: Yeah. And you know, another implication I was thinking about when we were talking earlier is about photography. Um, Mm -hmm. I feel like marketers spend a lot of time looking through stock photos, trying to find a photo for their industry, especially in association land. Like, you know, it has to be in this kind of setting. Um, yeah. And unfortunately, they don't take a lot of pictures of people in this setting. And, you know, you don't always have the budget or the time to do a photo shoot. So um, the fact that it can put settings and people together, um, it's it's interesting, especially if you don't have in-house graphic design.
0: Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, I hadn't thought about that application, but now that you got me thinking about it, I'm like, oh, man, they're... You're absolutely right. There would be so many wonderful opportunities to showcase if if you do, for example, let's just kind of talk this through, right? So if you do a photo booth and you allow your members to come and have their their headshots taken, um, maybe you do a couple group shots or whatever, um, being able to take those photos and uh, superimpose those onto whatever background you need that could really elevate your association marketing because then your members see themselves and they see their friends. Um and I think that's the challenge with the association space is because we always tried to stay away from stock photography. Um we wanted it to look very genuine very authentic and I think you know when when photos are so well uh composed it you can tell they're stock um and so this Uh, This opportunity to generate um, photos of members in environments that you need for the promotions that you've got coming up um, could be really cool.
1: Yeah. Or even just, you know, I worked in supply chain and there are no photos of a supply chain, right? right? Yeah. (laughs) And, And, you know, we'd be searching for people and if they were in like a warehouse, they always had like a vest on and a hard hat. But we were trying to promote, like, sort of a high, in some cases, like a higher level executive managing supply chain. They make really good money. They're, you know, have master's degrees. And it was just, it was the impossible dream, right? Yeah. (laughs) It was like, if you found one, you know, I would find one and I'd put it on like a pull up for a conference or something. And then I get a call from a member because I'm like, my company stole your photo. <laughs> I steal my photo. It's just the only one, so they're using it too. Yeah,
0: you know? we used to have that in healthcare. It was it was a running joke of try to find a photo of a healthcare worker who doesn't have a stethoscope. Right. Um, so yeah. So yeah, the opportunity. And so then you uh, talk to your graphic designer and be like, "Yeah, get rid of the steth- stethoscope and uh, you know flex your your uh, Photoshop skills." Yeah. Yeah. It's so true.
1: Um, the other thing that you know I think we to talk about is SEO and uh, keyword research and that kind of thing. Um, one of our colleagues uh, was using it for keyword research and and she told me the list wasn't perfect, but it sure was easy. and you know, to get a, a solid list once I eliminated some of the things that pulled.
0: Yeah. I can see, I can see that being beneficial. I, you know, I still go old school a little bit. I'm using plugins for, you know, Chrome to give keyword recommendations and looking at competitor websites and, and all of that. But um, we're seeing more of an evolution on the SEO site. And there's a lot uh, of news right now about people who are using AI to, to boost their organic search rank. Um, using the recommendations that AI has generated. So I definitely see um, AI playing a role in that space as well and helping organizations because um, it's not easy to rank high, right? It, it's a challenge. And if you're using an, a technology that's constantly learning, it'll constantly give you ways to to boost your performance. Um, so yeah, I'm I think it's something that, that marketers should be watching and, and learning about, um, you know, and it's, it's, you know, we, we talked a little bit about bandwidth and how nobody feels like they have the bandwidth. So how do you use a tool like this to create bandwidth so you can monitor the tool as it advances and then implement the, you know, whatever it is, that's new.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Thing to be a caution on do using it for research, though, is if you use it and you put in proprietary information, that yeah. information becomes part of the intelligence of, of the tool. So yeah. you have to be careful. I I heard uh, from a colleague that um, I don't want to say the company, but a large technology company put in. They were testing it, and they were testing some of their code, mm-hmm. and suddenly their code was. On the internet, has yeah. they put it in there. Yeah. Um, so they're early adopters. Good for them trying to figure it out. But that was a risk they hadn't contemplated.
0: Yeah. Well, and y- y- the other thing is, y- whatever tool it is that you're using, um, understanding what data they're capturing based on how you're using it, where are their servers stored? How secure are they? Um, you know, there's, and I'm not a tech person and those questions come to my mind. So, um, yeah, it's, it's one of those, you don't know what you don't know. So just kind of tread lightly and see how other people are using it and see how people are getting their themselves into trouble by based on how they're using it. But yeah, I think, you know, getting back to that sort of digital marketing angle, um, you know i i think there are definitely opportunities you could take a look at your competitors websites and say hey what you know what keywords mm-hmm. are the are these sites optimized for or um how can i generate a feature rich snippet for for my page based on you know this term whatever the case may be um it it's got its benefits
1: yeah i think the competitor research like you could totally you could do a swat with the ai oh yeah you know, think, think about how many times uh, as a as a marketer, you have to do a squat. Yeah, your you know it takes hours really to, to do a really good one, and you could get a major head start using
0: AI to do that.
1: Yeah, yeah. And you know, I, I also think about marketing results. You know, that's the one the one thing for marketers because marketing is an art and a science is mm-hmm. trying to figure out what what you accomplished and report that up to your CEO. And I think, I think AI could actually help, help you um, quantify your results and, and express them. Um, I don't think that the, uh, sorry, last for I lost of thought there for a second. I, I, I think there's gonna be like, as it's growing so quickly, I think, I think, I think companies are gonna start sort of bringing their own AI to the table Yeah. So marketing agencies, ad agencies, they're always trying to show their value, right? So if they have their own internal AI, they can actually start to, you know, kind of do like the Google Data Studio does, but Mm -hmm. but even better um, and more quickly. I think um, I think that's an opportunity for marketers too.
0: Yeah. You know, I I mean, you just much. yeah. 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 Even looking at the difference between chat GPT when it launched and Google's Bard, I mean, they're, they're very different. Um, and so I,
1: I just got into Bard. Tell me, tell me what you've noticed.
0: I haven't done too deep of a dive into it, to be honest with you. I just started reading about that about a week ago. Um, but that what I'm from what I'm understanding, they are very different. Um, but they're they're they both learn. The more they're used, the more they learn. Um, and now you've got people who are taking that. And like, you know, as I mentioned earlier, you've got people who can generate images and video and audio. Um, so it's it's this sort of endless opportunity, you know, the sky's the limit. Um, and I hate to be the one who's cynical, but I really do um, I really do worry, you know. That in the wrong hands it could be dangerous, but um, you know I think it'll benefit a lot of organizations if they embrace it and their marketing teams embrace it um, as opposed to looking for ways to sort of avoid its use. I mean, I think I think use of it is inevitable. Um, and it's it is a tool that can create bandwidth and can be used in in smart ways. And I think it's going to be the next generation he's going to show us
1: how, because they're all, like you mentioned earlier, like kids are writing essays using AI. And someone told me a story recently that it was a senior, almost done with school, you know, senioritis. So he handed an essay and told his teacher he used AI to write it. And she congratulated him on his innovation. (laughs) So, you know, they're going, the 17, 18 year olds are going into college with this already in their experience that Yeah. And you know, how does that, how does that impact how, what they're going to
0: bring into business? Right. Right. Yeah. It's, you know, think of what the world's going to look like 10 years from now and what, what jobs are going to look like 10 years from now and, and what will be acceptable and what won't be acceptable. Um, yeah, it's, it's interesting.
1: Well, Amy, thank you so much for chatting with me about this. Uh, I feel like we should talk again in six months and and see how the world has changed. Yes, (laughs) we'll probably listen to this and go, wow, we had no idea
0: what's going to happen. (laughs) Yes, yes, I agree. I agree. Thank you for your time. I appreciate it. Thanks, Amy. We hope you enjoyed this episode and discovered tips and information that will add value to your leadership style and your association. .org source specializes in positioning teams for success with solutions for technology, strategy, and marketing. Please contact us at info at orgsource.com or visit www.orgsource.com to find out how to keep your organization on track to Association 4.0.